I can't believe the number of killers and cases that I've came across lately that I had never heard of and keep finding my accident when I'm looking for something else. Well, today's episode is about a killer that I hadn't heard of until this week, and her name is Mary Bell. Hey y'all and welcome to episode number 19 of Mystery Murder and Magic. I'm your host Andrea Lee. So had you guys ever heard of the name Mary Bell before today? Well, I'm going to tell you all about her. Mary was born on May 26, 1957 in England. Mary never knew who her dad was, but she had assumed that a man named Billy Bell was her father, but he didn't marry Mary's mom until Mary was a little baby. Um, Now, Betty is her mom, and Betty was a prostitute and gave birth to Mary when she was only 16 years old, and Mary wasn't her first child. Mary had an older sister who had to come to her rescue when they were both very young. Betty had sold Mary to a woman who was mentally unstable, and she was unable to have kids. Now, while Billy wasn't her biological father, it's been told that he loved her dearly and took really good care of her. Betty, Mary's mother, on the other hand, was quite the opposite. Family members later said that on several occasions, Betty had literally tried to kill Mary. She beat her unmercifully, and more than once, Betty was passed around, or Betty passed around Mary to some of her sex customers. That's just pretty sick. Um, Now, on May 25th, 1968, just one day before Mary's 11th birthday, Mary strangled a four-year-old boy in an abandoned house. Uh, I can't even imagine an 11-year-old having the strength or state of mind to want to kill a little kid like that. But they say she did it alone. Mary, she had a best friend by the name of Norma Joyce Bell. And she was no of no relation to Mary, even though they had the same last name. But both girls, they grew up in violent homes. Two months after that first murder, on July 31st, 1968, the two girls strangled a three-year-old boy to death and not only did they strangle him they came back to his body where norma carved an n into the boy's abdomen then mary changed the n to an m and she also used scissors to cut his hair scratch his legs and mutilate his genitals now how did they come to accuse the, the two young girls of murder well one of the investigators in the case attended the funeral of that the second young boy um just to see if anyone stood out when they carried the little tiny casket out of the victim's home there stood mary as the investigator watched mary laughed and rubbed her hands together he took me uh mary and norma in like for questioning and the girls they just kept changing their stories finally norma cracked and told what she thought what she thought was the truth and that included that mary had taken her to see the little boy's body but she had not taken part in the murder 
Investigators took Norma to the scene of the crime and she showed them where Mary had hidden the scissors. Now, police didn't believe that Norma had played no part in the murder and charged both of the girls. And then they, they tied the first little boy that Mary had strangled into this. So, they both ended up getting charged with two murders. Well, on December 17th, of that same year, 1968, Norma was acquitted of the charges, but Mary was found guilty of manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility, and what that means is she had an unbalanced mental state. A court-appointed psychiatrist described her as displaying classic symptoms of psychopathy. <clears throat> Excuse me, allergies this morning. The judge, whose name was Justice Kuzak, described her as dangerous and that she posed a very grave risk to other children. She was given an indefinite prison sentence. <clears throat> her mother used this opportunity to make some money by selling stories about Mary to the press. She even gave reporters writings that she claimed to be by her daughter. In 1977, Mary made the headlines again when she escaped from prison, but she was quickly found, so she wasn't out long. At the age of 23, she was released from prison after serving only 12 years behind bars. On top of that, she was granted anonymity, which allowed her to start a whole new life. Four years later, she gave birth to a daughter, and the daughter knew nothing of her mom's crimes until... Reporters discovered Mary's location in 1998. Mary's daughter's anonymity was to only last until she turned 18, but in 2003, Mary won a high, a high court battle to have it extended for both of them so that it extended and covered them for life. And in 2009, it was extended to include Mary's granddaughter. As of right now, Mary's location is unknown. Now, I have to say I'm kind of torn on this, this case because on one hand, I feel like if she had been raised in a loving environment, those two little boys wouldn't have met the deaths, their deaths at Mary's hands. But on the other hand, I wonder if she was just born with a mental instability and would have done this no matter how she was raised. Either way, two little boys met brutal deaths, but she was able to start a new life at a somewhat, somewhat young age, because 23 is not old by any means. I mean, she has lived her life, and those two little boys never had a chance at life. And yes, she had a struggle for a little while with keeping her and her daughter's identity safe. Now, I do feel bad for the daughter, because she had nothing to do with it. Um, but still, I feel like she got off pretty easy for what she did. So what do you guys think? Do you think she got off pretty easy, or did the punishment fit the crime? You know, you can always send us an email at 3mpodcast3 at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on the Facebook page, and that's facebook.com slash 3mpodcast. That's all I've really got for today. I know it was a short one, but um, sore throat, and we've got bad weather coming in, so I think it's it's a good time to end it right now. But you guys have a good week. Don't forget the midweek mini on Wednesday and the weekend weird falls on Saturday. 